0: June is Patron Appreciation Month. This month, I'm giving patrons a complimentary copy of the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. I created this course with my CPA dad, and it currently sells for $199. But patrons get lifetime access in June as my way of saying thank you. You can become a patron of the show at novelmarketing.com patron. I'll have more info at the end. Now, on to the episode. This is Novel Marketing.
1: I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. And in this episode, we're
0: going to be talking about the legendary elevator pitch, boom, 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 and how to create the kind of elevator pitch that gets people to want to listen and hear more about your book. But before- elevator, elevator, yeah, elevator pitch, yeah. So before <laughs> we talk about how to do that, though, we should probably talk about what is an elevator pitch.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, because most people, I'm going to assume, know what an elevator pitch is. And yet, Thomas, you and I, when we were preparing for this podcast, we had a little bit of a different definition. So I think it's probably wise to get that out there and go, this is what we mean by an elevator pitch. So what I look at an elevator pitch as is a simple one-sentence description of what your book is about. That's about it.
0: Thomas, thoughts? See, I see an elevator pitch as more of a kind of a paragraph worth of text uh, that you share for the three floors that it takes to move an elevator from the first floor to the third floor. So the one sentence I would call a high concept, uh, whereas the elevator pitch is kind of the longer version of that. But everyone has a slightly different meaning when they say elevator pitch, but what everyone agrees on is that an elevator pitch is a short kind of summary of your book that, wants people, that makes people want to read the book or makes editors or agents want to buy the book.
1: Right. And I'm saying my elevator is going up three floors. You've got maybe 20 seconds to describe your book to somebody because that's the length of time before you get to the third floor and they're out. So, So in my mind, the elevator pitch is really short. The shorter, the better. You really can't make one too short
0: as long as it's well crafted.
1: Yes. Agree. Agree. So can we say let's do it this way thomas let's say uh the one sentence is maybe the high concept or the hook or if it's really well crafted a one sentence pitch can be the elevator pitch um let's say a paragraph might be how how would we describe that we could call it a radio pitch uh
0: you know it's kind of the longer 30 second version or one minute version of your book Okay, I like
1: that. So you've got 60 seconds. 30. They're typically, and I, I write radio copies, so there's typically 30-second spots and 60-second spots. What we would say is you have to be able to describe your story in either 30 seconds or 60 seconds to somebody. That's
0: right. And the whole goal is that you're wanting to get them to keep asking questions to dive deeper and deeper into your book. So if they're not interested by the one-sentence version of your book... Throwing another paragraph worth of words at them is not going to make them more interested. And if they're not interested with a paragraph, throwing an entire page, say a short synopsis, isn't going to make them more interested. And so often I see authors going on and on about a book that somebody is clearly just not interested in.
1: <laughs> the eyes are glazing over.
0: <sighs> right. And, and you're desperate because you really want someone to love the book as much as you do. So you just go on and on. When in reality, the better strategy is to go find somebody else to tell your book to talk about your book to or to write a better elevator pitch. So let's get to that. What's the art of creating an elevator pitch that makes someone want to stand up and hear more?
1: Well, you and I talk a lot about uniqueness and standing out and being different. Uh, Part of it is coming up frankly, with a concept, with a plot that's different and unique. So very difficult to come up with a unique elevator pitch unless you've come up with a unique story. So it does all start there. And one of the biggest challenges for people is I've written this 90,000 word novel and I've got to hone it down to one sentence. Are you kidding me? And so that's where really where the art and the craft comes in. But before we get into specifics on that, let's just take a few minutes and talk about why do you need one? A Good. lot of people say, well, it's, I, I need it to pitch an editor or an agent, but frankly, there's a lot of people listening to us that are indie authors, so they're, they're not trying to pitch an editor or an agent. Here's why everybody needs one. Yes, you need one for an editor. Yes you need one for an agent, but you also need one for readers. In other words, there are people that are going to say to you the entire life of that book, oh, so what's the book about, Thomas? and and I'll give an example of one of my elevator pitches a little bit later in the podcast but I'm still I came up with that pitch in 2006 and I'm still using it uh, using it for radio interviews. I'm using it for blog interviews. I use it all the time, constantly.
0: And I know authors who, just throughout their daily lives, sell one, two, three, four copies of their book without even trying, just because when someone, you know, it's like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm an author. Oh, what do you write? And then they give them this pitch. And they're like, wow, tell me more. And so then they give them the longer version of the pitch. And by the time they're done talking, that person's got their phone out, is tapping the address, the title of the book into Amazon, and sometimes buying it. Right there in, in the, at the cocktail party in the elevator. I've seen this happen. This is the power of a great radio pitch. Whether you're self-published or traditionally published, it, what you want is the kind of pitch that causes that phone to
1: come out of that pocket so they've purchased your book before you're done talking exactly so uh so that that's the elevator pitch that's how you're going to use it um let's talk about the subway pitch because i see the subway pitch <laughs> much more often than i see the elevator the dark pitch. cavern of the subway the, pitch The subway pitch and we're not talking sandwiches we are talking a, a literal subway where you get on the subway and you're traveling you know from point a to point b now the 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 subway pitch uh Here's what we mean by that, and I've seen this again and again and again at writing conferences, and I know you have as well, Thomas, where there'll be a, a table of maybe 10 people, and typically an agent or an editor, editor, and I've even done this when I've, when I've led tables and discussions, is I'll say, hey, tell your name and, and, and tell us what you're working on. Just give us a real short description of your book. And invariably, you have people that will go on two, three, four minutes. You finally have to say, okay, gosh, we only have so much time for lunch. We're going to have to move on here. And they have just alienated everyone at the table as well as the editor or the agent. And often you still
0: are not quite sure what the book is about. Because to go on that long, they're getting into far too many weeds. They're describing all these uh, leaves, and you don't even know what kind of forest they're talking about and so they've gotten lost in the details, and it can be really hard to step aside and kind of take a big picture look at your story. As uh, someone, some great man once said, it's hard to read the label when you're standing inside of the bottle. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm quoting Jim in front of him again. Uh, so, so, all right, so you you convinced me. I, I've got a book. Uh, let's say I'm a self-published author. I've got a book, and it's going to be coming out in the next couple months, and I want a great elevator pitch. I want the kind of pitch that causes people to get out their books, their phones and read it. What do I do? How do I, how do I keep from falling into the subway uh, pitch trap?
1: Well, one of the, one of the keys to it is what you just mentioned, Thomas, and that is not, don't, don't give all these details you don't need all these details. A lot of people think, well, I've got to get the get the name in there and where this person grew up grew up, and you, you don't even need the name. You're you are pitching a high concept. You're you're pitching the overall f- feel of the story. I'll I'll give I'll I'll use uh, my first novel, Rooms, that I mentioned uh, a second ago that I came up with in 2006, and I am still using um, at least three times a week. And so my pitch when I was trying to get this novel contracted was. Rooms is the story of a young Seattle software tycoon who inherits a home down on the Oregon coast that turns out to be a physical manifestation of his soul. Boom, I'm done. I think that's about 25 words. I think I probably could get that out by the time we got to the second floor uh, in the hotel on the elevator. And 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 the reaction to that is either going to be, cool, tell me more,
0: or meh. And I imagine some people when they hear that, they're like, that doesn't sound very interesting to me. And that is a... Good reaction.
1: It's a great reaction.
0: You again, love me, hate me, don't ignore me. You want people to, you want to be able to identify in those first twenty-five words, is this my kind of reader or not? And we're going to talk about more in future episodes about how to figure out who your readers are and who your readers are not. So, all right, I've got this book, and I'm wanting to describe all of these things in the book. But the goal of the elevator pitch is more just to create curiosity. So, how do you figure out what about your book makes people curious? And And more on that, you know, what if you have a character-driven book? How do you do – because I can see it being easier for a plot-driven book. You kind of figure out what your unique plot twist is or if your book is, uh, you know, fantasy, you talk a lot about the world. What if it's a kind of a modern-day character-driven book? Then what do you do for your elevator pitch?
1: The way I've found most authors learn how to do this and can apply it to their own novels is to see what's done with TV shows and movies. Okay, So you've got a movie that's two hours long or you've got a TV show that's an hour long or even a half an hour sitcom. What happens is on Comcast or TV Guide, they do what's known as a log line. So they essentially have less words than I used to describe what that movie is about. And they are brilliant at capturing the essence of that movie and so what I would do is I would take movies that you know and love and TV shows you know and love and then see what they've done see how they've boiled it down to one sentence and then after you start to get a feel for it take other movies and TV shows that you love and create your own log lines for it once you start doing that and get in the habit of doing it you're gonna be able to apply that to your own book your own novels and it won't seem so arduous And if you're just getting started, you
0: could even use one of those TV show lines as a model and just start swapping out your own words and your own description, but use that same kind of logline format. So just basically keep all the verbs in place and just replace all of the nouns. This is an old, old copywriter trick of taking somebody else's title and making your own version of that title that's so different, it's substantively different. So it's not like plagiarism, but you're using it kind of as a starting point for your own innovation.
1: I I think that's a great idea. Let's take somebody that is just absolutely in love with Downton Abbey, right? Odds are they might have some of the things in their novels that reflect that. So use that as an example, your model, your template to to start doing it. So um, we would like to give you a chance to share your elevator
0: pitches and get ideas on elevator pitches from each other. So just go to novelmarketing.com/27. So uh, for episode 27. So we're going to keep talking about elevator pitches. But as we go, just think about oh, I could share my elevator pitch and get feedback from the other novel marketing. Uh, listeners.
1: so and, and get feedback from us. We would love to take some of those and maybe help you tweak them or, or draw them out a little bit and, and give you some pointers on how to make your elevator pitch sing.
0: That's right. So, yeah, click Ask a Question. If you, We could maybe feature your elevator pitch on a future episode and talk about how you can rework it and make it more interesting. So, uh, Jim, in our final minutes, I want to give some practical tools for how to do good elevator pitches. What, so we talked about log lines. What are some other things that, to help authors write a really great pitch for their book?
1: Get feedback. And here's what I mean by feedback. We have critique groups. A lot of writers have critique groups and critique partners start practicing the pitch on them. In other words, come up and say, hey, this is this is my pitch. The other thing you can do is practice on friends who don't know about your novel. That's almost better because they're going to go either, huh? And you can ask them, did that work for you? Do you understand? Are you intrigued? And hopefully you have friends honest enough to go, I, I don't know what you're talking about or nah, not intriguing. Or they might give a reaction of, wow, that's awesome or wow, that's too weird. If they give one of those two reactions, you, you've nailed it. You've nailed it because you've created an emotional reaction in them.
0: That's right. And again, the closer of a friend they are, the less likely they're going to give you uh, like real feedback on what to fix or what's wrong with it. And so one way to measure that feedback is to see if they take their phone out of their pocket to buy a copy or like, oh, or if the book's not out yet, when does it come out? That's a great... Uh, question that indicates a successful pitch. And so you just keep practicing and you're at a party and you're practicing your pitch on people. They don't need to know that you're practicing or that you're answering this question four or five different ways to see which way resonates. Um, Jim, another uh, way that I've seen you use is uh, like a what if statement where you're kind of creating that curiosity. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, that's more of the high concept idea. The what if, in my mind, is a great way to introduce a high concept. And again, you start to get feedback if that resonates or not. For example, my my novel, The Chair, the what if question there is, what if you were given a chair and told it was made by Jesus Christ? Would you believe them? And then I pause and I wait for people to go, ooh, wow, that's interesting. Or what is that about? If I get a reaction, if I get questions, then I go, okay, I've, 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 uh, I've piqued their curiosity.
0: That's good. Another tool to help you uh, create a better uh, elevator pitch is Twitter. And I'm not saying post on Twitter. I'm I'm saying use the Twitter.com tool or the Twitter app to type it up and get to 140 characters. So 140 characters is that 25 words length. So we could almost call this a tweet pitch which would be kind of the more modern way to describe it like since people I like don't that. take elevators as much as they used to. Um, but uh, you know work inside that tool. So what I love about the Twitter tool is that it shows you how many characters you're over. And the art of writing a good tweet is tweet. It's not about adding until you can add no more. It's subtracting until you can subtract no more. And so your elevator pitch may start off as a paragraph or two paragraphs and that's fine that's a great starting place because you that's a huge step you've gone from 90,000 words to 100 words and that's you know that's a pat on the back but don't camp there so now you you work All right, do I really need this sentence or can, can I combine these two sentences into this one sentence or is this really important to get people curious so you don't want to give them too much information because it'll overwhelm them. you, you want to give them just enough to make them ask for more
1: that, that's right that's such a good point. This is show business. If you're an author, you are in show business, and the old adage of "Leave the audience wanting more is absolutely true. All
0: right, so the with these elevator pitches, um, you uh, the better you get at the elevator pitch, the more you practice it will reflect on the rest of your marketing. So the more clear your pitch is in your mouth, the more clear it'll be in the heads of your readers, which means it's more clear when they share about your book to their friends. So if you can't get your book down to a single sentence summary, your readers aren't going to be able to get your book down to a single sentence summary. And if they can't summarize your book that cleanly, they can't recommend it. If the only way to recommend your book from friend to friend is to give this paragraph or page worth of information, there's no virality to your book. It won't sell via word of mouth, which is the most important uh, way to sell books. And so this isn't just about pitching Agents and editors and elevators. This is about giving your readers tools to share and talk about your book to their
1: friends. Now they're not. Uh, well, here, here's here's an idea, Thomas. What if somebody was to take their elevator pitch and play the old game of telephone? Get eight, six, eight, nine, ten friends together and whisper it, and then that person whispers it to the next, to the next, to the next. I wonder what the pitch would be by the time it gets back to you. That'd be a great way to figure out if it. Has stickiness, and it would probably come out a little bit cleaner. So, did you know that
0: uh, Winston Churchill never said "blood, sweat, and tears"?
1: He said, "I "I have
0: nothing to offer you but blood, sweat, toil, and tears." But in the when it's repeated from person to person, toil gets dropped because it's like one of these is not like the others. One of them is a bodily fluid; the other ones aren't. And so, the the version, the viral version, is actually a more contagious version of the idea than what was the original um there's a lot of famous quotes like that that are the one we share you like we're going to need a bigger boat that's not the quote it's actually you're going to need a bigger boat but that's not what gets shared from person to person (laughs) that's so good no that's
1: so good you know if you ask what is the most famous line from Casablanca, it would probably be play it again sam right but he never said that right he said play it Sam. There's no again. But the a, again just got tacked on and that became viral.
0: Exactly. So a very useful tool for this is to listen when somebody is recommending your book to a friend. So sometimes if I'm at a table and I'm, somebody's talking about me, I'm really curious to hear how they introduce me. Of all of the you know things about me, what is it that makes it into this one-sentence introduction? It's the same thing for you as an author. As you get your books out, listen very carefully. Uh, last week we talked with Brandilyn Collins, and she had some great tips on, about listening to the feedback that your readers give and also the feedback they give each other. So look at reviews, what the positive reviews, five-star reviews, what, what ser- boils to the surface, and that can help you hone your elevator pitches uh, not just for your current book, book but for your next book
1: as well great point great point a lot of times they'll be better they come up with better stuff than you came up with that's right so again we would love to work on some of your elevator pitches you can send those to us and we'll tackle that in a future podcast this edition of the novel marketing podcast has been brought to you by my book table in my opinion a must-have plugin for your wordpress website yep works on wordpress not on blogger And it will help you, basically, it will help you sell more books and make you money as an affiliate on sites like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera. You can go to mybooktable.com for more info.
0: Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. And while you're there, we would love it if you would leave us a quick review. It doesn't take very long, just a few seconds. It will help other people discover the Novel Marketing Podcast so that more and more people can learn how to market their fiction better and better.
1: This has been the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing, online, offline, and everywhere in between.
0: Don't forget, June is Patron Appreciation Month. If you become a patron this month, or if you're already a patron, you get lifetime access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. But patrons get way more than just access to that course. Here's a breakdown of the patron rewards. There's three different reward levels at different pledge prices. At $4 a month, you get access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors, like I said, but you also get a bonus episode every month, the ability to ask live questions in the monthly Q&A episode, and over $800 worth of discounts on other author media courses and free book vault setup. At the $10 a month level, you get everything I just talked about in the $4 level, plus access to the podcast host directory. This is a directory of the email addresses and contact information for over 100,000 podcast hosts that may be interested in having you on as a guest to talk about your book. And you also get access to AI Thomas. This is a GPT-4 chatbot that I've been working on for the last several months, and it answers questions based on over 500 episodes of the Novel Marketing Podcast and the Christian Publishing Show. But here's the best part. It cites its sources, so you can click to read the blog post that inspired the answer. So even if you don't like AI, you can think of it as a super-powered search engine to help you find the Novel Marketing episode that specifically answers the question that you have. And then at the $25 a month level, you get everything I've already talked about, plus your book featured from time to time on the podcast. If you want my help in your publishing journey, become a patron today, and you can become a patron at novelmarketing.com slash patron. That's novelmarketing.com slash patron.